Welcome to Ball vs. Life, a podcast where your hosts, JC and Jack, discuss NorCal vs. SoCal perspectives, the Bay vs. LA. Thanks for tuning in. Let's roll. Ball vs. Life is back in action. It's been a minute, but we are back. I am Jack, your host, and I got my co-host, JC, on the other mic. What's up? What's up? Dude, you got more energy in your voice, bro. <laughs> I wonder M- why. It's, I wonder why. <laughs> happy MLK Day. Yes, bro. happy MLK. And we got our co- Warriors correspondent, returning guest, Charles. How are you doing, hey, Charles? Hey, guys. I'm good. Excited. Thanks for having me back. I can't wait to get started on this. <laughs> I know, man. Oh, God. I was, I was going into this episode thinking, you know, got the Warriors Monday. Hopefully, you get a win. See you guys crying a little bit, but shoot, I'm the one crying, bro. I am the one freaking crying. I'm kind of pissed, to be honest. <laughs> so what happened again? No, oh, God, dude. <laughs> Why don't you host this time, JC? Uh, <laughs> well, just to, to recap, uh, I mean, it's like 10 p.m. Pacific time, yeah. and the the last of the MLK Day marquee mm-hmm. games, which is actually one of the, the biggest NBA days outside of Christmas, mm-hmm. just finished, and the Warriors, I don't even know what the final was, but we beat the Lakers by, what, two by points? By two. 115 yeah, to 113. Exactly. Uh, on a hotly, hotly contested yeah. uh matchup i mean coming into this game you know mm. i mean the lakers are, are are flying high i think they're mm-hmm. what best record in the league and the warriors are kind of in the middling of the pack so yep. warriors coming into this game were definitely underdogs it but... was a true measuring test for you guys it really was yeah yeah it, it, exactly it anytime you play well, the the champs or the number one team in the league currently yeah it's it's a litmus test you you want to put up uh, your best game and uh, to start with, I, I kind of missed the first quarter and a half of the game. Got caught up doing something. But I was looking at the text messages in our group <laughs> chat. I thought the world was ending, bro. <laughs> I was like celebrating. I was like, we must be up 30, man. Because <laughs> I wasn't able to check the box score. I, I, I was just, I was busy, yeah. man. Yeah. Based on the vibe of that text thread, it, you would think that uh, sky I was, was a Laker falling. fan and Charles was a Warrior fan. Yeah. It was really hotly contested. What do you think of the first half, Charles? Yeah, um, I, I, I was pleasantly surprised because I thought we were just going to get blown out from the start. Uh, they, they started off pretty strong, the Lakers did, and um, I thought they were just going to run away with it for the rest mm. of the game. But the Warriors just kept clawing back and clawing back, and lo and behold, they get the, get the lead back down from like 19 to like 7, to something manageable. So I was, I was uh, impressed, and there are a lot of good players that, that came to play. I mean, not, not, not just the starters, but Eric Pascal, for sure, for me, mm. uh, stood out big time. Yeah, the, the first quarter was really, really ugly. Like, I, mm. I mean, I was so pissed off just because the Warriors have been consistently doing this, you know, through the majority of their games this season thus far. It's incredibly frustrating to see the starting group of Draymond, Steph, Andrew Wiggins, Kelly Oubre, and James Wiseman literally just shitting the floor like you know they were what yeah they were down more than double digits i mean yeah like and it was just really really ugly at least on the first half so i was fuming on the text thread i mean <laughs> at the half you, we were up the lakers were up 16 that's uh that's not good for you guys and I, I i once i caught the end of the second half i was feeling good i mean schroeder was playing really well he was attacking the basket he was making some timely plays and i, I was worried for you guys but th- there was this interesting back and forth still within the game we would go up double digits but you guys would claw back kind of put it a little bit below double digits maybe nine ten so there was mm-hmm. always there was sticking always around. some wiggle room there yeah yeah they were sticking yeah. around mm-hmm. and that's what you want it was a road game for you guys too so as a road team you watch the nba long enough sometimes in the beginning of the game you just don't have it but it's that defensive or just that gutsy kind of clawing type of fight that you need because as long as you keep it close anything can happen to end of the game that's the thing for the for the road team anyways you just want to stay within range exactly yeah no you know one thing that i noticed too though is that um they they did the smart thing um the, the coaching staff of the lakers and just attack wiseman mm-hmm. um he, he he showed you know his his rookie-ness so to mm-hmm. speak and just wasn't able to keep up on on the defensive side and they just took advantage of that, and that's what I thought helped them get their lead. Yeah, I mean, Wiseman definitely showed um, his 
his rookiness, yeah. as you put it, Charles. I mean, this is a particularly difficult matchup for Wiseman. I think we yeah. were talking about mm-hmm. this, but, you know, pre-show, right? Uh, he was mm-hmm. matched up with two former Defensive Players of the Year in mm-hmm. Marcus Gasol and AD, mm-hmm. and that's just a recipe for disaster. You know, even though Marcus Gasol has his limitations physically, I mean... Yeah. He's still he's a tree trunk, man. Exactly, right? Yeah. Seasoned. And then AD is, you know, at the prime of his career right now. So if you're 19 coming into the league, it's a welcome to the NBA moment to be able to just match up with, with someone like AD. Needless mm-hmm. to say, uh, James Wiseman, a big ticket. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he got schooled. But the, aside from Wiseman getting schooled, the one guy that has really been gaining railed on for the Warriors has been Ubre and he definitely showed up mm. today in a big mm. way man Huge. I was this is the Ubre that I was telling JC when you guys and you too Charles in our text thread that when you guys traded for him I was actually kind of hyped for you guys because he has these intangible things that he can bring to the table which is defensively and his energy and he brought both today tonight anyways oh yeah <laughs> what did you guys think Charles. Yeah, JC. Oh, me? Okay. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, no, he, he just consistently brought the, that, that defensive energy, uh, just, just sticking to guys, knocking the ball loose, uh, knocking away passes. Um, and I love that on the offensive side, he's not just settling for, for um, that three, that corner three. He actually drove to the basket quite a bit as well. And that's, mm-hmm. that's what I want to see from him because um, drawing fouls or just using his, his quickness to get around people and just drive to the basket and his length and the speed. He needs to do that more of that. I'd love to see him do more of that. And then because he had that rhythm, he was comfortable shooting that three, even though um, I think at the end he, he was what um, his, his percentage wasn't that great, but yeah. still he, he made, he made some good shots and I think he was in a rhythm that, and that's what I want to see more of. And hopefully he can do that more consistently throughout the season. I mean, there, yeah, Kelly Uber is not to lack of for any confidence. Like the mm. way that he's been shooting, mm. I, I mean, I've been calling it Ubrick. Uh, like he's just, you know, he's, he's been hoisting so many shots that, you know, and they just haven't been dropping. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I hadn't scouted him prior to this season to really know like what's his, his game. So I was mm-hmm. like, I'm trying to learn what his game is. But one thing that I've really noticed is he's really struggling making threes like off mm-hmm. the dribble. I feel like his mm-hmm. percentages are a little bit better when he's shooting from the corner and he's mm-hmm. just spotting up. I feel like. When he's off the dribble, he's just trying to do too much. And I think Charles makes a wonder, wonderful point. Mm-hmm. Like, he hunts for those threes early on just because of Steph's gravity, just because mm-hmm. he's wide open. Mm-hmm. But, you know, making that slight adjustment of, you know, seeing the ball get into the hoop with, with a drive early on can just, you know, increase your confidence tenfold. You know what I mean? And he, he showed that this game. Um, it's one game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, it's once a really small sample size from a really small sample size to start the season, and I hope it's a turning point for him, just because we really need his production. I have some insight on Ubre. I've, I've watched him throughout his career here and there when he was on the Wizards, and then when he was on the Suns. And the thing about Ubre is, I think in the beginning of the season on the Warriors, he was really pressing because his game is not to shoot threes. He's he's not a three point marksman, but I think since Clay was out. He felt like he wanted to step in to fill that role. And he started gunning the threes. That's just not his game. And I think being part of the Warriors system, you just feel like, hey, man, I got to step up and hit these threes now. But again, as Charles said, if that's not your forte, then he's a little bit out of whack a little bit. And he, it seems like he's pressing. But when he starts attacking the basket and using that athleticism, going off the dribble, putting pressure on the defense, that's when the Lakers were starting to struggle a little bit defending him because they were challenging him to shoot threes. They were literally just leaving him open at a certain point. But when he started attacking the basket, it should, we had to like switch on all these actions that Ubre was creating. And it, it made us kind of got us in a, in a little on our heels, I guess is the right way to say it. Yeah. yeah. Charles, you're the defensive guru. You're, you're a lockdown defender on the court. <laughs> like, what did you think about Kelly Ubre's at least defensive game, uh, particularly this, uh, for this particular game? Oh yeah, no, I, I I don't know if it was the defense that led to the energy on the offensive side or or mm-hmm. vice versa, but just uh, his his uh, ability to just uh, recover, mm-hmm. like when he when he's out of position and to come back in and still be in the play and, and make make some sort of a deflection or whatnot. I I think that is something that he can do really really well at, and I hope that he can continue to do that. Um, 
Yeah, he, I think he gave a lot of trouble to, to all the different players. And I think they, they switched up quite a bit on mm -hmm. who he defended mm -hmm. uh, to kind of change things up a bit. Because I think there were times where he's guarding AD uh, or, and he's guarding LeBron or guarding mm -hmm. different, different players. But I think uh, every time he, he took the floor and he, he defended, he got in people's heads a bit. Yeah. Um, I, the, all those antics that he throws, I, I think it would be <laughs> annoying to the other team. <laughs> but for me, I love it. <laughs> As a son, he was really pissing me off with, with yeah, the, dude. Little, the little head whip, the little head whip, the little, uh, he got a T yeah. for, he got a T for blowing a kiss. Uh -huh. He does, he does a lot of things where he like winks at like the other players. <laughs> and so it was really annoying if he's on the other, if he's on the other side, but if he's yeah. on your squad, you love all of those yep. antics because it really kind of can throw, it gets under your skin. Game. Yeah. It, it yeah. throws the opponents off a little bit. Um, I mean, aside from, like, all the antics and his energy, I mean, the fact of the matter is Uber has a lot of physical skill, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. physical tools mm -hmm. to, to, to sort of complement his, his tenacity, his attitude, and that makes him potentially a really, really special defensive player. Mm -hmm. If he can stay focused, that could, you know, you know, he could be really special. But, like, what he showed today, right? I mean, if you have, like, you're, what, 6'7", six, 6'8", six, and you have, like, a 7'1", seven, 7'2", seven, yeah. it might his even wings, be more... Man. Yeah, mm -hmm. it might even be a 7-4 wingspan. I don't know, but, like, mm -hmm. he's really long. And then he's athletic. He can get those deflections. And, you know, defle deflections don't show on the stat sheet, although they might be tracking that <laughs> these days. But, like, mm -hmm. they don't show off as steals. But they really can disrupt the rhythm of an offense. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, from a Lakers perspective, Jack, what do you think? Like, do you think that was effective? It was. I mean, let's talk Let's talk about the second half now since we, we talked about the first half. And the first half was dominated by the Lakers. And the second half... The, the script changed. Yes, the Lakers were still up, and I think they were controlling the game for the most part, but when you move towards the fourth quarter especially, that's when things started breaking down for the Lakers. The Warriors really started to push and make the Lakers uncomfortable during crunch time. I think they still felt comfortable, but you can't let up. The Warriors wanted to win, and I think the Lakers let up just a little bit. They started forcing turnovers. The Warriors started forcing the Lakers on some turnovers. I think they had like four turnovers in the last three to four minutes which is really bad for a championship-caliber team. Um, these are the mistakes that will cost you the game. So for you guys, what was your perspective going down, let's say that last five minutes of the game? Um, were you hopeful, Charles, or were you still like, eh, I don't know, man. The Lakers are going to just <laughs> close it out. <laughs> well, I, I was wondering because I think it got to the like seven or I mean, between like the five-minute and the seven-minute mark, and I was wondering, are you putting Steph back in or mm -hmm. are you calling the game already? Because mm -hmm. I, I was wondering, I, I didn't see stuff come up, and then all of a sudden, he, he, then, then I see him uh, get put in. Um, so then I, uh, you, you know, we're, we're clawing our way back, clawing our way back, and then for some reason, we, we keep, um, Ube had his energy, he kept turning the ball over, and, and he, he got a score, and then uh, we just slowly knocked that lead down to where it was, we, we tied. Yeah. Um, I think we were fortunate on that one play with, with Draymond, because I think he did drag his foot, and that should have mm -hmm. been called traveling, but... Um, they, they gave it to us. Mm -hmm. So I, I can thank the refs on that one for a bit. <laughs> Matt, he, it looked like it. I think he still kept like the, like mm. a, a millimeter from his toe, just still on the ground there. So he, he it was a bang bang play. Actually, I'll take it. I'm glad they didn't replay it. Just I, I texted you and I was, I texted you guys. I was like, that's a trouble. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We'll but take but it. I'll be, I'll, I'll tell you, yeah. I don't think that cost the Lakers the game though. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, it was a crucial play. It was a crucial play, but, the, the the game was was being let go by the Lakers at that point. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, I know you're focusing on towards the end of the game, but the mm -hmm. like what you said, this game was lost even before those closing minutes. We'd be mm -hmm. remiss to not talk about the efforts of Baby Bron mm -hmm. in this in this podcast. Mm -hmm. Bron Light, <laughs> Bron Light. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, but Eric Pascal, I know we, yeah. we gas him up quite a bit, or I gas him up quite a bit. It, it, uh, you know. Um, but he yeah. actually has become a really, really solid uh, role player for us, mm -hmm. coming off the bench and just kind of playing this, this uh, you know, sort of like mini five, sort of like you know, yeah. small ball five, and he's been exploiting some of the like the bigger defensive centers out there, just because he, mm -hmm. you know, he's a, so explosive, mm -hmm. uh, and he's strong enough to actually kind of be able to kind of bang with them you know periodically mm -hmm. uh, i still think he could get abused in like a you know in a full matchup but at least from spot minutes he's been really mm -hmm. key and i think some of his energy combined with Ubre, uh kind of help keep the warriors close around so that we can you know go for that sort of knockout blow towards the end that kind of won us the game 
Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to, I mean, this is not a straight comparison, but the type of energy that he brings, especially given that Montrez Harrell is on the Lakers, it's very similar. They're both mm-hmm. like small ball fives, but they just their job is to bring energy and try to score around the basket. Mm-hmm. And once they're off the bench, that six-man role, that's what you want to do. And Pascal did it to a T today. Yeah. Much like uh, they had a similar kind of stat line, uh, Montrez and um, uh, Baby Braun. Yeah. <laughs> baby, babe, maybe we should uh, uh, change it. Baby, baby Trez. Yeah, baby, yeah, baby, baby Trez. I mean, hey, uh, Trez, I mean, sixth man of the year. You, that's that, a good, good person to 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 model your game after. Exactly. So I mean, true. Yeah, so true. Yeah. He he does draw draw the bigs out though, because I yep. mean, he, his his shot can be pretty consistent and lethal, mm-hmm. and and that's why I think people have to the bigs have to respect him. So when he drives mm-hmm. around him, it's because they have to they have to try to guard him um, farther from the basket. So it it it. It brings to the dynamism of baby Trez mm-hmm. to to the game. I mean, when he when he got like that uh, that false uh, whatever false negative or whatever, <laughs> or when he got that co- yeah. COVID test, right? Yep. And he, mm-hmm. he he sat out that one game. It really really it really weakened our, our 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 roster just because we really need that punch. We have a very very low margin for error yeah. in terms of winning games just because of the the disparity in talent whenever we match up with like the better teams. Yeah. And it just goes to show that you know he's very important. Not bad for a second round pick, you know. I mean, mean, looking at the roster mm-hmm. when you guys lost Marquise Chris, it was very imperative that Pascal stays healthy for you guys because that backup five position Without Chris, it's pretty thin. Who yeah. else do you have? I mean, Looney, but you know, Looney's also also very injury prone, so you can't really rely on him in that way. Um, so yeah, Pascal yeah. becomes vitally important for you guys, dude. Especially with Wiseman not really being a, a consistent, stable piece at the mm-hmm. five as a starting unit. I mean, mm-hmm. he can rack up fouls in like you know yeah. four minutes. He had five fouls in like I don't even know the second quarter <laughs> it seemed. So it was just it was really bad. Speaking yeah. of Wiseman, it was he. Sorry, mm-hmm. sorry to jump all over the place, no, but it was nice to see him show some emotion when he mm-hmm. made that mistake mm-hmm. uh, and, and foul because he's been kind of pretty stoic most mm-hmm. of the most of the year, um, and he's been trying to be like a model citizen. But it's, it was kind of nice to show some emotion and say like, I mean, he wants he wants to be good so bad that you you know you, you could yeah. you could tell you know what I mean. So, I mean, especially on yeah. a big stage, we're talking about a national TV game against the Lakers, the champs. You know, he wants to he wants to perform, and you can tell he he desperately wanted to, but it just wasn't his it. night. You know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he showed some of his skill set. I mean, he was able to to, to dri- dribble full court. I mean, he got he got a charge, but I mean, how many bigs do you see do that? It doesn't happen very often. <laughs> yeah, I mean. He got a uh, yeah. He saw the he saw the light and he was trying to go yeah. for it, but you know I think uh, I think Schroeder took the charge or some somebody like that or even LeBron and they were like yeah man that's that's the easy foul right there. But it was Gasol. Gasol yeah, got, yeah, the, got the charge, man. I hope he learns. <laughs> Two seven footers. I hope he learns. I hope he learns. Needless he to will. say, he needs to work on the the euro step a little bit better. It's a long way from <laughs> from, from uh, Giannis doing that you know half court you know two step dunk you know. But uh, he'll get there. He's yeah. 19 I've, I've years been. old, man. He's exactly. 19. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He'll get there. I have faith. Yeah. But big win. Big win. Big win. Yes. I, I wanna I wanna talk about the Lakers a little bit. I think I was really disappointed at the end of the game. LeBron in LeBron especially. We gotta call it as I I gotta call it as I see it. He he really didn't come up big in these in these moments. Um, and yes, some of it was on his teammates where he passed the ball and they should have shot it, but. The turnovers were horrendous at the end of the game. And we're talking about key moments where you... It's not... As much as I like Oubre and Wiggins, they're not defensive players of the year. They're not Kawhi Leonard out there. So to to make these turnovers is really disappointing. And yeah, you got to close out these games. It, if you're a championship caliber team and you got you know the other team on the ropes, you can't take it for granted. And that's that's the thing where at the end of the day, yeah, it is the beginning of the season. But you never know. These these games can come back to bite you when you're fighting for a seeding later on. And the Clippers are killing it. So, um, I mean, you guys know. I mean, you guys have seen LeBron. I mean, it, he didn't come up clutch. That's bottom line. Yeah. Uh, even for the start of the game, I felt like um, he just wasn't as aggressive. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen LeBron and peak LeBron where, I mean, he's, 
you know, that's why I'm still salty to these, this day. Like, I've seen LeBron literally take our souls. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it wasn't that LeBron tonight. I don't know if it's everything that's going on. It's MLK Day or they underestimated the Warriors mm-hmm. or it was just an off off night. It He definitely was not as focused, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, from what I've seen before. I noticed he played a lot of minutes tonight. I, I was just watching because Steph, he comes in the first and he comes in the, the, the second quarter and like the, the second part of it and get, get some rest. Mm-hmm. LeBron was in that game for quite a bit. I, I was noticing like how many minutes he got. So yeah. I don't know if that, that kind of got to him. Plus, we're, we're trying to rebound and, and run. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if that got to him as well. He got, got a bit winded. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, no, it wasn't your typical LeBron game. But I wonder if he just felt like the moment and he just he's just... I want to just take this game, uh, take this game over. Um, I don't know. It didn't look like he was trying to do too much, but um, it didn't do enough to to get them over the hump this game. I mean, let's no let's make no mistake. The the Lakers tried to win this game. They played both their stars thirty seven minutes. Yeah. I mean, this is not a game where they're like, eh, you know, let's take it easy. Those these guys were on the court, and regardless of whether they're. It, you know, maybe they're not playing up to standard. They're trying to win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it wasn't like they gave the mm-hmm. Warriors this win. The Warriors took it from them. So, I mean, I watched the, 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 the last three quarters, and you guys earned this win. The Lakers were trying to win it. <laughs> no doubt about it. Yeah. I mean, they didn't just they just come up with the plays, and then the Warriors came up with the plays. Steph came up with a huge three, and that's what watching this game you realize you just gotta get Curry to the promise line to hit this one or two big shots at the end of the game. Because as a Laker fan watching it, I'm like, dude, down two or up a tie game when Curry has the ball in his hands, I feel much more. Maybe it's because I'm on the opposite side. I'm like, this guy's gonna hit a big shot. I mean, LeBron, I don't know. <laughs> Curry's a killer. Curry's a killer out there. Yeah, I mean, uh, he he missed that bunny towards the end. Uh, I mean, it was, a pressure, the game. it was a pressurized shot. Yeah, it was a pressurized <laughs> shot, but he hit a big three right before yeah. that over AD. It was like a step mm-hmm. back, what, 30-footer, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is what I was saying in the group chat, right? Because I, mm-hmm. I, I felt like Steph and Draymond were kind of shitting the bed for most of the game. I expect a lot from them, especially mm-hmm. given the money that they make and the you know their pedigree. Mm. And, um, you know, I felt like the bench was doing too much of the lifting. And if we mm-hmm. need to win these marquee games, we need them to step up. And Steph sure as hell did shut me up by making that last <laughs> that, yeah. that last that shot. Three. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So he earned maybe like $3 million out of that $40 million salary from, from that job. <laughs> but I'm just saying, you know what I mean? Um, if, if, if you're making the big bucks, you got to make these big shots. And Steph did hit a big shot for us tonight and mm-hmm. um i'd rather have him on my team than any other team to be honest but yeah. man is he it's it's tough i don't know how long he could sustain it look uh, watching the game it it's it's a total different squad without clay it, the lakers are a really good defensive team and they were doing a good job on Steph. they were chasing him off they were really trying to make him uncomfortable and the fact that you guys don't have that reliable second person that can shoot which would be clay it hurts everything. Just watching this game, even though you guys won, yeah, you can stack the box on Curry. And yeah, I, I think the difference was Wiggins came up big, made three for three out of five three-pointers that he attempted, and that's huge because he doesn't normally do that. He's got to hit those shots. If not, then you're leaving Curry out the dry, to be honest. We're chasing yeah. him off everything, man. <laughs> yep. There's just a lot less room to work with for, mm-hmm. for stuff. And, and I think it also goes to show that the, the team hasn't played a lot together yet because yeah. they're still trying to figure out where Steph's going to go. When should I screen? When should I roll? When should I cut? Uh, so they're still trying to figure that, those things out as well. But I think as the season progresses, they'll learn each other more. There's mm-hmm. times where they, they, they just all end up in the same spot and then mm-hmm. it just clogs up uh, the, the floor so Steph doesn't have much room to operate with. So they, they'll figure out as the season progresses. I and I, and I, I, I agree that, I, or I think that that's the same thing for, for the Lakers as well, where they're going to start figuring things out uh, on, on their side as well, especially for the, the newer guys like, mm-hmm. like your um, um, Schroeder. You're, you're starting, yeah, like Schroeder, yeah. Yeah, Schroeder yeah. and Harrell. I like Dre a couple. I, Dre didn't start out well, but towards the end of the game, he really pushed the ball really well. At the, whenever he caught it, he would just push it. And you guys got a couple good, easy baskets from the time he pushed the ball. Um, yeah, and that was that. That kind of made, t- turned the tide of the game. Actually, 
And and I think he makes his money in close games like this because I think mm-hmm. I sent you guys that little uh, breakdown of a clip uh, towards the end of the the Raptors Warriors game where Dre was pretty much just playing like you know linebacker <laughs> uh, on defense, just calling out the defense and calling out the switches and and making those little you know last minute adjustments just to make the shots a tad bit harder on the opponents mm-hmm. or taking out the first option or the second option and you know. Um, he may be putting up triple singles, mm. but like, you know, <laughs> Dre's a winner and he makes the right basketball yes. play if he's given yeah. the opportunity mm-hmm. to do so. And, uh, and those, those could, you know, th- those, those types of, uh, those types of, uh, plays could, you know, win you a game or two, uh, especially in the playoffs. Those are key. So. Absolutely. You, you could tell Steve Kerr wanted to win this game because yeah. at the, the, the last few minutes, it's all Steph and Draymond pick and rolls. That, that's, all the, yes. that's all it was at the, yeah. the end. Yeah. yeah, put a lot of pressure on AD because they were, they try to get that switch. And AD's for a big guy, he actually is a really all world defender. Even on Curry, Absolutely. he's he can close out on that shot. But we're talking about Curry here, so <laughs> even with a seven footer, he got him on skates that last uh, possession when the, not the last possession, but the three that the big three that he hit. Yeah. He got eighty Ooh. on skates. Yeah. and this is talking. We're talking yeah. about defensive player of the year here. Yeah, um, candidate. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that, that, I really did enjoy that last play, though, where they, they had that pick and roll. And I think everyone, including myself, thought Steph was going to go back and, and or, or go step behind the three-point line mm-hmm. and shoot a three. Mm-hmm. But then he drove in instead. So it, it tricked a lot of the people. It just didn't go in. But um, that, was, that was a really good play. It was pretty sneaky, I thought. A couple, a couple things I liked really watching, speaking of Dre, is the teaching moments when he pulls Wiseman aside. Um, mm. That's, yeah, you could just, you could tell Wiseman and, and Dre are, are on the same page in terms of, being that ment- Dre being that mentor to Wiseman, it's going to make a huge impact. And you know, Draymond is is a cerebral player to say the least. He knows all the tricks, you know, the defensive tricks, the positioning, where to be, how to like go up vertically, and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna need that, man. Because mm-hmm. uh, despite the win tonight, I do feel like you know the Warriors are still, yeah, just from a talent standpoint and an experience standpoint, light years behind all mm-hmm. of the championship contenders. Um, even with you know Clay will help, but I think there's a lot of work that needs to be done before we can get back to where we want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll take the win tonight, mm-hmm. absolutely. Uh, big win helps for the confidence, helps for the development, mm-hmm. but. Um, you know, we're looking at that 16 games towards the end of the season, and that's that's the goal. And um, you know, this game could help uh, build the experience towards the that kind of uh, atmosphere. I think, as Charles said, Kerr really wanted this win for a team that's coming together. This win is really important. On the opposite end, for the Lakers, it's not a doom or gloom thing. I mean, you want every win, but this thing is not gonna make or break you at the end of the day, yeah. since you know they're. They've been together for a year. They had some new pieces, but for the Warriors, this was specifically very important. Not just from the standings, from a confidence um, kind of look at it. And uh, as JC said, it's a long season. When we talked about the standings, oh my God, San Antonio, Portland, Golden State, Mm -hmm. Memphis, Oklahoma City, Dallas, Denver. These guys are all within like one game of each other. Exactly. And and right now, sitting currently, Dallas and Denver are not even in the playoffs. We're talking about <laughs> perennial, like, you know, we're talking about Luka and Jokic. So, yeah. yeah. These are, like, MVP-type, you know, players that could essentially just, you know, literally make a playoff run, you know, and, and, and win it all. So Exactly. That's why it's still so early in the season. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm waiting to, to the halfway point just to get an idea of where these standings are going to be at at that point if, if it's still going on you know, with COVID happening <laughs> I know day. man That's yeah, we're going to get to that so. <laughs> we're going to get to that guys let's let's move off the Warriors and the Lakers because I I really was waiting to move off of this uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I wanted to talk about the Harden trade man this, is, this, this blew up the NBA dude I mean mm-hmm. Harden got his wish and it, it was not a pleasant way that they broke up. I mean, you look at John Wall and uh, DeMarcus Cousins' comments after the the game that they lost to the Lakers, actually, and where Harden just publicly said, like, this is not going to work for me. And they were pissed, man. They didn't like the way that Harden was handling it. And lo and behold, a couple, a day later or, or something like that, half a day later, Harden is, is on the nets forming the big three, guys. This is, this is epic. How, how do you feel about it, Charles? Uh, I... Initially, I, I wasn't quite 
sure what to think of it, but I, I, uh, I laughed. Um, I saw a TNT meme on, on Insta uh, <laughs> saying that he's, he's moving, or KD is moving from the uh, Splash Brothers to the Dribble Brothers. <laughs> and I just good. thought that was hilarious. But they're, they're, they're scary offensively. I'm just wondering about what they're going to be able to to do defensively. Mm. Um, you know, these guys are all world scorers, um, especially when uh, Kyrie comes back. Um, but I do wonder about sharing the ball, and then I do wonder about what's going to happen on the, on the defensive side. Mm. Any thoughts, JC? I mean, first thought is like, why aren't they getting hate the same way that the Warriors mm. are getting hate for being a super team? These mm-hmm. guys are all divas, and they all kind of, you know, somehow you know, force their way, <laughs> to put it bluntly, into the situation they are in right now. I mean, Kyrie kind of, you know, didn't really have that positive of a, an exit in, in Boston. KD, mm-hmm. despite things being, you know, cool for the most part, there was still a lot of drama that associated uh, was associated with him while, uh, while he was in the last year with the Warriors and now Harden mm-hmm. with all of the BS that he had. So I'm just like, man, these guys have full control of their destiny and they're stacking the teams. Why ain't nobody mm-hmm. hating on them yet? Maybe because Kyrie is just MIA right now. That's um. a good point. If you really look at how they came together, they were all bad breakups. Yeah, dude. Yeah, as much mm-hmm. as like, oh, KD left, it's cool. But he that that season where he was fighting with Dre and all that all that publicity that came out of it, that was not a good breakup. Yeah, and dude. Harden, that was also really was bad. Horrible. Kyrie burned Boston. Mm-hmm. <laughs> These guys are, if anything... In terms of a narrative standpoint, you can look, you can paint them as villains for sure, yeah. like a, a a team of villains now. Exactly. No. So like I, I I maybe it's still too early, and they haven't played together just yet, and they haven't mm-hmm. kind of murdered yeah. teams out there just yet. But mm-hmm. I'm waiting for that narrative, just mm-hmm. because if anything, um, you know, <laughs> they fit the bill in terms of having that super team narrative, even though they haven't won anything just yet. I mean, if you look at the first two games that Harden has been on the Nets, like they beat the Bucks today, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the first game that Harden played, I think he, I think they played Orlando or something like that. He dropped like yep. a triple double or something, something yeah. like it was a monstrous line. I mean, there, I don't know how you cannot villainize them now. I mean, without Kyrie, they're already seemingly just a offensive juggernaut. KD yeah. and freaking Harden. We're talking about KD and Harden, yeah, two yeah. of the most gifted scorers to ever play the game. That's crazy. It is. It is yeah. bonkers, man. I, I think secretly NBA fans kind of wanted to see that because mm-hmm. they want to just see amazing basketball from that perspective and that with that kind of play. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do feel bad though for Coach Kerr, or not oh. Coach Kerr, sorry, uh, Coach Nash. Yeah, I have no idea how he's gonna handle all these head cases. As much as I, I, I do still like KD. Mm. Um, I know he left uh, on bad terms, but he still won us some championships. Yeah. So I'm mm-hmm. not gonna complain about that. I, I just love his game and mm-hmm. that fact that he plays the way he does today looks like he never left and he was, was never injured i'm just hopeful that that you know plays true for clay as well but yeah no, i i think there's there's some fans there that are excited about this and maybe it gets to the point where they do end up hating them yeah um, but for now i think it's something new and it's something exciting and yeah. i think people are just going to continue to watch yeah i, I don't know maybe nash is not going to coach them they're going to coach themselves because that's what they said, <laughs> right? right you know what i mean it's just yeah. like, right i'll tell you this though it's like brooklyn gave a lot of depth pieces mm-hmm. you know Karis mm-hmm. Levert was playing really well and he was kind of shoring up well uh, their their second unit or whatever yeah. their you know non-star unit basically mm-hmm. and Jared Allen is in many ways you might argue that he might even be more effective than DeAndre Jordan because DeAndre Jordan is a little bit older and mm-hmm. long in the tooth right mm-hmm. so true um you know they still have a lot of top end talent but it mm-hmm. still goes to show whether or not they still have the depth that's going to require uh, they're going to require if you're going to make a deep postseason run. Uh, they still have some good players like Joe. Yeah. Uh, what's his face? Harris. Man? Joe, Joe Harris. Harris yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, they still have some 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 talent there. But, mm-hmm. you know, Allen and, 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 and Levert were not like scrubs. You know no. what I mean? Like, no. for were, sure. They were like, you know, Levert was <laughs> I think he was almost playing a borderline, you know, you know, all star. All-star. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So. It's yep. still a lot of basketball to be uh, to be played, and it's, Kyrie hasn't even come come no, through, right? So we don't even know how that the 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 you know whatever the chemistry will work with with all of them, you know, being really ball dominant. Like I guess mm. what Hard is gonna Hard is playing kind of point right now, but like mm-hmm. how is that gonna work with with when Kyrie's there, right? 
Uh, I want to ask so Charles this since you brought up Kyrie. What's your? Uh, I kind of want to get your opinion on what's going on with Kyrie. <laughs> it's a lot of a lot of drama there, and all yeah. a lot of it's most all of it actually is self induced. <laughs> let's just let's just be real. I mean, he didn't show up to work. That's just literally what happened. He just decided not to show up to work. He has his personal reasons. We don't know those personal reasons, but he did not show up to work. And now everyone's yeah, trying to unfold this drama. <laughs> yeah, I mean, play he's. Just, Playing hooky, going mm. to family parties with, without masks, with more people than you're supposed to be with, mm. just breaking all the rules. I, I don't know. I guess for Kyrie, it just seems like there are no rules. He's too smart for all that, mm. so he's above. He's above that, so he can do whatever it is he wants. And because he's so gifted on the basketball court, mm. not not too many people are gonna tell him no. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't. You can't do that. Um, you're you're hurting our team. Um, K- Katie, I don't know if I see him as that kind of leader. He's a leader, but not from that, not 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 that kind of leader. Yeah. So I don't even know if he can he can tell him what to do or or whatnot. But when he's on the court, it's like he's magic. So it's it's I don't know. It's it's so tough tough to tell. But when you when you don't show up to work, when you don't tell your boss, mm. uh, you know, give them some reason, uh, you know, even if, if you just make it up, um, that's just that's just poor poor play, poor decision making on his part. And I don't I don't I don't like that. I'm not a fan of that. Any thoughts, JC? I mean, let me just let me just put it this way. It's just mm-hmm. like, dude, like, you know, the rest of like the country, the rest of the working public, mm-hmm. every time you pull like this type of bullshit, right? Mm-hmm. Like you would be you would be crucified. Mm-hmm. You'd be crucified. It would just be totally unfair. And and Kyrie, because of his God given talent, has the license to do whatever the fuck he wants and mm-hmm. You know, and it's just really unfair. And, and, and like, James Harden was kind of doing the same thing in Houston, right? And mm-hmm. we, we, we saw this sort of double standard, how it could fracture teams. Uh, it happened with the Clippers last year, right? With all of, like, the special treatment that they were giving, like, Kawhi and MPG. Mm-hmm. And some of the other players weren't really kind of, you know, weren't really, in, you know, liking that kind of vibe. You know what I mean? And I feel like, you know, mm. Kyrie was just, I mean... I'm sure there are other reasons as to why he's doing what he's doing, whatever personal reasons. We can only speculate what it could be. There could be some like political political component. Who knows mm-hmm. if he's having like some mental health mm-hmm. struggles? We don't know, right? Like, you know, it's been a tough year for everybody. Yeah. But what kind of stood out um, you know, the most about this was it's the seemingly lack of communication mm-hmm. to the higher ups of the organization that he has decided he has signed onto to be a leader of right mm-hmm. um you know he may i've heard that he texted his teammates but like front office steve nash didn't know where the where the fuck he was mm-hmm. and that's just i don't know man just from a from from a professional standpoint that's just mm-hmm. not a good look regardless of your skill level regardless of your ranking you just still gotta let people know what's going on you don't have to know, give them the full details, but you just can't go AWOL. And I don't know, man. I feel like it could be a really sort of, you know, sort of toxic setup mm-hmm. um, if he really doesn't try to clean it up. And I don't know. I felt like it was, I don't know. I felt like it was very selfish in terms of, you know, you know, making that move and not really communicating. Like, we're all people, man. Everybody mm-hmm. deserves the same amount of respect to just have some degree of knowledge, some context to understand what you're going through so that we can give you the space that you need to. And I felt like that was missing. This is the perfect example of if you're a special talent, you'll get special treatment. <laughs> it really is. Mm-hmm. I mean, the rest of the world, yeah, you, us three right here, we're not specifically as talented in, in a craft as freaking Kyrie Irving. This guy is a magician on the court, man. He's probably one of the most skilled players that we'll see. Like, top five for sure. Most skilled player. Like, his handles. The the way that he finishes around the rim. I mean, him and Steph Curry definitely are on par with each other in terms of being able to do these trick shots around the rim and being able to create off the dribble. Hands down. But with all that's, that's happened, like, there's no... Where's the accountability? That's that's at the end of the day. It's because they don't want to... The, the organization doesn't want to fracture a relationship where they just invested a lot of money into this guy. <laughs> They're not ready to start to find him or whatever because in the real workplace this would never happen man you wouldn't get away with it unless you went to your employer and said look i have some really personal issues i don't want to get into the personal issues they're things that are really 
you know, whether they're mental health issues or things that have to do with family or something like that or a social justice cause. But if you communicate that, then they know at least. And that's the that's the thing that I think as us being working professionals where we have to go to work every day, regardless, that kind of upsets the regular folk, right? The the person, oh, yeah. the people that are consuming the NBA. And look, I like Kyrie Irving. I think he's a smart dude, actually. I think he he's trying to think deeply about things. But I wanted to make this last point about Kyrie is for people who watch the NBA, like especially young people, we shouldn't use athletes as the standard for getting advice. <laughs> we no, this is this is real talk, man. Like we have professionals around the world that study social justice, and I get it. They have a platform, and so a lot of young kids look up to them, and they have a power in that. But we need to diversify how we consume information, how we want to look at things. We shouldn't rely on Kyrie Irving to tell us like, hey, tell us what about social justice or racial justice that we need to do. It's just not the right way to look at things. I think there's a responsibility on on both ends. And there's a responsibility for Kyrie to articulate things because he has a platform to be like, hey, I I want to develop a clear message for people. Um, That's how I look at it. And he has a responsibility to his organization. He has a responsibility to the platform that he has. As much as he wants to call people pawns, that's just the reality. If you get paid that much, you're going to have a responsibility. Then don't get paid. You can, everyone has a choice in life. You don't have to play in the NBA. You can go play ball at any court in the world and get paid less or whatever and not need to show up as much. Yeah. Or don't play. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. If you want to be a social, you know, if you want to advocate for social change and you don't want to play on the system, don't get, don't cash that paycheck. Mm-hmm. Don't get that, you know, don't get that. That, uh, that that benefit of being an NBA player, like you have a responsibility if you know if you signed on to be part of a team, right? But if you don't want to do that, then you know, quit. Don't yeah, do I it. Mean, uh, I want to speak on the behalf of all of us. Obviously, we don't know the issues at hand, and if they come to light that they are mental health issues or something that really affects them deeply, then yeah, there is latitude in this world for that. You know, because beyond money, these things are real. You can make. $30 million a year and still have major mental health issues. So, again, not knowing these things, yeah. But n- but if you don't articulate it in, as a fan or as a as a, as an employer, then you're in the dark, man. You don't know what the yeah. hell's going on. And then it's, you make the assumptions or you start yeah. reading into the situation. Exactly. That's, what, that's what's happening right exactly. now. Exactly. You yeah. open it up for people to speculate on shit, you know, instead of getting yep. ahead of it. And... It gets out of hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, that's why I, I give... I give Paul George props because mm-hmm. at least he did come out with it. I think when he did make comments about, you know, have, having uh, mental issues because of the, because of being stuck in the bubble and so forth, um, he got some flack for it. Mm-hmm. But at least he came out and was upfront about it, and I, I respect that. The sad thing about our society though is that if Kyrie comes back and he wins a championship, I don't know what people are not going to talk about. This. <laughs> yeah. Of course not. Yeah. yeah, that's so sad. Yeah, but it's so true. Man. I like the point that you brought about Paul George. I think in the NBA or in the sports world, there is a double standard. We, we as as fans, sometimes we like we applaud vulnerability, but then we see it as a weakness in these athletes. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, Paul George, he's weak mentally, but he's actually strong, dude. This guy came out and said, "Man, I'm having some mental health issues," and this, and then fans rag on him. I'm like, yeah. you so you can't true. have it both ways, man. If you want if you want to humanize people then humanize them, applaud them. But you shouldn't bag on them for the same thing. But again, there's a lot of fans that don't give a shit. Yeah. They actually, yep. they want to <laughs> dehumanize them because they're like, these guys are millionaires, man. Yeah. Well, well, Keyboard warriors, man. Keyboard yeah, warriors. Yeah. Well, because Paul George was calling himself playoff P. And he was That's true. That's true. So you guys take a system, Paul George. You got to play that, you know, you got to play that, uh, you know, that, that vulnerable lane. You stay on that vulnerable yeah. lane. Don't be acting like Superman one day when you're hitting threes. And then when, you know, mm-hmm. it's convenient for you to pull that, that thing. But That's so true. it's, it, you know, definitely understood. Like these people, mm-hmm. yeah, they're, Regardless of the money they make, they're still people, right? Mm-hmm. So it is what it is. Yeah. Let's, let's move on to the last thing um, before we end the show tonight. Let's talk about COVID, man. <laughs> because the NBA is not immune to COVID. And we're learning that fast. We're, I think there's 13 games, maybe even more. Um, cons- considering today, I think it might be 14 games postponed already. That's a lot of games, guys. <sighs> we got the Wizards. I think they have six positive COVID cases, not just from staff. We're talking about players, yeah. all right? 
that's that's an outbreak that's legitimate is considered an outbreak i think in california anyways if you have three employees test positive it's an outbreak for for your your uh workplace so this is no joke guys um and i i think i want to say personally we need to enjoy all the games that we can watch right now because there's tomorrow's not guaranteed in terms of the nba season finishing the way as it currently stands 72 games planned um what do you guys how do you guys how do you feel charles um i i i joke a bit just because um, i kind of thank the phoenix suns for having COVID in the sense that uh, it gave us a couple more practice days <laughs> so we didn't have to play so i mean i but jokes aside it, it's it's this is this is serious and i hope the players are taking it serious because mm-hmm. um you know this is something that's that's real and uh people are getting hurt people are losing lives people are losing jobs mm-hmm. it, it impacts so many so many things and you know, impacting the NBA, um, it's for selfish reasons. It's like, I want to see like excellent basketball players play and I want to see great team ball and just, just athletes just go at it competitively. Mm-hmm. And it, it's getting tougher and tougher when there's indiscretions or there's people kind of breaking the protocols. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's, 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 it's difficult. I, I, I hope that we can, we can maintain and, and keep the season going alive, but yeah. there's no guarantees. Mm-hmm. Any final thoughts, JC? Yeah, I, f- I feel like, you know, even though there's a sort of some semblance of normalcy in life because we're watching the NBA mm. right now and in other states there might even be people watching the games. I know mm-hmm. our friend Josh has, you know, uh, been lucky enough to be able to kind of catch some games in, in Georgia. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's some sense of normalcy. But, like, it, statistically, COVID has mm-hmm. – is is worse than it's ever been. Yep. You know what I mean? And we tend to forget that, dude. Like, there's so many stories out there for numerous different people where they've been affected on so many levels about COVID. And we often forget that, I mean, the shit is real, man. Yep. And, like, more than ever, the shit is as real as it's going to get. And, um, you know, the NBA having these games uh, doesn't, you know detract from the fact that it is you know (laughs) it is really bad right now and um i know they have their standards they're not playing in the bubble Mm -hmm. um and they have all of these protocols uh set up but covid is a motherfucker man Mm -hmm. covid is relentless Mm -hmm. and it does not choose you know whether or not you're a multimillionaire or no it doesn't choose how many times you've gotten tested like Mm -hmm. it's gonna find a way to seep itself into like you know into normal life and Mm -hmm. it's showing its ugly head right now with the nba and Mm -hmm. i am very 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 much concerned whether or not Mm -hmm. we will be able to continue uh just because like shit is blowing up right now and i i heard that like the protocols that they had set up uh were pretty good but there Mm -hmm. were a couple of holes right Mm -hmm. i think like guests could visit in team hotel rooms like uh, on road trips and mm-hmm. like I don't know man it's so relentless mm-hmm. that you gotta be really bulletproof and it worries me that we can't uh, that we'll be able to finish the season I think and I think we were talking about this pre-show right um, I think the NBA will make adjustments and mm-hmm. they will try to stay strong as other leagues have been able to con- you know like the NFL for one has, has been able to kind of go through the playoffs mm-hmm. there is going to be sort of quote-unquote casualties or uh, mm-hmm. uh, ramifications. Mm-hmm. Uh, some teams are going to mm-hmm. get, you know, affected. Mm-hmm. Teams are going to lose players to games, extended games and whatnot. So it'll be interesting to see how this all unfolds. Uh, but, you know, I think it's an extension of the bubble season in a way, dude, just because circumstances are definitely not normal. Yeah. Uh, as you guys alluded to, COVID is a motherfucker, and the thing about it is, you look at Carl Anthony Towns, he's been ravaged, mm. his family's been ravaged by COVID, and you know this guy's trying to take the precautions, because obviously he knows how serious COVID is, and this man tested positive for COVID. Yeah. How devastating is that? <sighs> you, you, Damn, it's, I feel bad for the guy, I feel, not just bad, I don't even know how to articulate how bad I feel for him. Yeah. This man lost his mother to COVID and other family members, and he still tested positive. That's how strong this disease is. And it's no joke, even with the protocols, as, as JC and Charles said, 
even with the NBA trying to knowing going seeing the NFL deal with it, they're trying to make these uh, rules and regulations to to you know manage it. It's still hard, man. We're, we're postponing 14 games, so it's something just to take seriously. And as fans, appreciate the games that are out there and hope that. Yeah, like it's not even about normalcy. It's like we have to enjoy these moments we can, and also in our own lives, see that it's no joke. We gotta take our own precautions. You know, if the For NBA sure. can't do it, and these this is a billion dollar business, they can't protect their employees to the degree that they want to. Shoot, on us, we gotta do double the the mind have double the mindset of protecting ourselves and our family, and that's yeah. that's kind of the 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 general lesson or or something to get out of this this whole covid yeah and the nba so true so true bro so true with with the money that that's on the table Mm. to keep games going do you think we're going to extend the um the the bench to where they're going to have more players allowed i think so just to allow because if you look at it dude the product is not good if if the, some of these True. players are, it's not even if they have COVID, like contact tracing because they need to nip it in the bud, right? Yeah. So let's just say three players are out and two of them are like key, key players on your team. The product on the floor is not going to be great. Yeah. So just as a consumer of the, like a fan, you're watching these guys and obviously they're still all world player. Anybody who plays in the NBA is all world talent, but yeah. it's still a standard we're used to. We want to see these stars. We want to see like a really fine-tuned product out there and it's suffering for sure mm-hmm. this is why the warriors are light years ahead man because mm-hmm. they've signed jeremy lynn to the santa oh, cruz dude. warriors um, <laughs> so if, if anything happens to our star players we got to yeah. pull up a name jeremy lynn man that's i know that's man. views and clicks right away man hey hey we're rooting for him dude asian pride right here dude bringing it back i want to see him run pick and roll with james wiseman man (laughs) that'd be awesome all right with that said um let's 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 end this episode we hope that everyone stays safe out there and obviously at the end of the day this is entertainment life and and your safety and health safety is way more important so we appreciate anybody listening to this podcast. You know, we'll, we'll try to record more as long as the NBA is running because you don't know, man. It might end. So, hey, guys, enjoy this win, even though I was on the losing side of it. Damn it. <laughs> okay, good. Thanks, Charles. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Hey, thanks, guys. Appreciate the time. Catch you guys on the next episode. Peace. Peace. Later. Later.